welcome to True Crime IRL, true crime in real life. I'm your host, Kelly Barron's Brink. Hey everyone, it's Kelly from True Crime IRL, and I'm live here this weekend at CrimeCon 2022 in Las Vegas. And today I'm going to share with you that exclusive top secret interview I told you about last week that I was so excited about. Well, here it is. I am interviewing the Chris Hansen of To Catch a Predator. You guys know him, you love his show. And I got to sit down and talk to him this morning live from CrimeCon. So this interview is not going to be edited really because I am in my hotel room. So I can't do a whole lot, but enjoy it. He is a fascinating guy with so much experience in the true crime world. He's got so many great stories to tell. So sit back, listen, and enjoy. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Hey everybody, this is True Crime IRL. This is Kelly. Welcome back to the show. I am so super excited today. We've got one of your favorite people in the true crime community, Chris Hansen. You know him from To Catch a Predator and his new podcast. It is called, what is Predators it? Predators I've Caught with I've Chris caught. Hansen. Okay, all right. So welcome to, well, thank you, yeah, Kelly. Thanks to for True Crime me. IRL. That's yeah, my podcast. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to start a little bit with your background. Sure. I know you've basically been in journalism your entire adult life, it yeah. seems like. So- I've had uh, three jobs. I, I worked in a bakery, hauled drywall, and reporter. Wow. So when did you start and how did that start? I started in college at Michigan State University and I had bit bit by the bug years earlier as a 14, 15 year old. We lived about a mile and a half from where Jimmy Hoffa was kidnapped. Oh, wow. In, in Bloomfield Township, Michigan. And I was fascinated by the story. So I yeah. used to ride my bike up there and saw the crime tape and the FBI and the local police and, and the reporters mm-hmm. from Channel 7 Action News and yeah. the networks were in. And, and I became just absolutely fascinated with it as, as a teenager. And so I kept watching the news and was interested in, in current events and things happening around the world and in Detroit, Detroit being a great news town. And so when I went to Michigan State, I just signed up for the college radio station the first day, and that turned into a commercial radio, and that turned into a, a lucky break at the NBC station my senior year and stayed there, and then Tampa, Detroit, NBC, and now all the stuff I'm doing yeah. now. Wow. So that's great. So you started in radio. You I have did. a radio voice. Like <laughs> You've got that great voice. So I started in radio, too, well, radio actually. Radio teaches you a sense of timing. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. And a sense of being able to entertain with just you, your voice. Yeah. And the ability to yuck it up for a long period of time yeah. and ad lib. So yeah. it's, I think it's good training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's start with to catch a predator. That's what you're. That's what how everybody knows you yes, take absolutely. a take a seat. Um, yeah. Do you hear that when you're out? When I someone do. notices you, I do, do they and ask I always you say, that? That's my line. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so on to catch a predator. How did you get started? I know you well. 
okay, if I'm right, you started, it was going to be like a just a one-time exactly. series. Exactly. I, I had found out about this uh, vigilante watchdog group, Perverted Justice. And at the time, they were volunteers, and they would go online, posing as children. And if an adult hit on them and made the first move and brought up the specter of having sex, they would post this guy's information on their website. And sometimes police would get involved, and sometimes there would be public shaming and and other things. But I thought, and they'd gotten some media attention, including in Detroit, where a friend of mine was a reporter at the time, and he kind of turned me on to it. And I said, well, what if we took their ability to be decoys online and combined it with our ability at Dateline, Mm -hmm. at the time NBC, to wire a house with hidden cameras and microphones? Wouldn't that be compelling? And so I pitched it, and they bought into it. And it was, you know, going to be a segment on Dateline. And so we set up this house in Bethpage, Long Island, and I'm driving out there, and I'm thinking, you know, God, what if nobody shows up? What if I've just wasted tens of thousands of dollars of the network's money? Mm-hmm. And with that, you know, my, my producer calls and says, where the hell are you? We've got two guys scheduled to be here in 45 minutes. Oh, so traffic clears. I get to Bethpage. And... And within two and a half days, 17 guys surfaced, including a New York City firefighter. Oh, my goodness. And again, we didn't collaborate with police on that first investigation because we really didn't know what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, The FBI and police made some cases on those guys who showed up after the fact. Mm -hmm. And it was quite eye-opening. Yeah. That's great work that you're doing, that you do. And well, it's, it's, it's evolved. You yeah. know, we, we went from To Catch a Predator to Hanson versus Predator, and now it's mm-hmm. Takedown with Chris Hansen. So we actually just put a piece out on the YouTube channel, mm-hmm. Have a Seat with Chris Hansen, yep. just this past Friday. Okay. And that's out there now. And, and we collaborate with police departments around the country and do predator investigations. And we've had to modify the way we work for a couple of different reasons. One, to be socially responsible. Right. One, for the sake of justice. Mm-hmm. And two, we more often than not use decoys employed by law enforcement as opposed to right. people we employ. It makes for a much neater, more efficient prosecution. Yeah. Okay. And so we've had to evolve. Mm-hmm. And everybody loves that moment when the guy walks in and it's me. Yes. And the tension and working without a safety net. But, you know, we did that twice without law enforcement. And we learned, and I have been criticized over the years for working too closely with law enforcement. Okay. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Because we had to evolve yeah. to keep this socially responsible, fulfilling to our viewers, mm-hmm. safe, and to create a sense of achieving yeah. justice. Yeah. And so I'm fine with that. Okay. Speaking of safety, mm-hmm. have you had any crazy moments on the show where you were in fear of your safety? Well, a couple times. Uh, you know, we take a lot of precautions between our security and, and the security of having law enforcement collaborating to, to make sure no weapons get into that house. Okay. But we had a case in Flagler Beach, Florida, where a guy had been chatting all week, just a very disturbing graphic chat. Oh. And we find out later that he was a police officer in a small oh my town. Gosh. And he didn't show up while we were there, but he showed up after we had closed down for one mm-hmm. evening. Mm-hmm. And they took him down on a traffic stop. He had a loaded thirty-eight in his pocket, and in his car he had 800 rounds of ammunition, uh, an automatic weapon, a shotgun, another handgun, chainsaws, rope, oh my duct goodness. tape, all kinds of things. And, and, you know, like a lot, like ready for battle. So, so what happens if he had gotten in the house? You shudder to think. Now, you know, we had security in place where we would have neutralized the situation. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, yeah. it, it gives you pause for, for yeah. thought there. You quite literally may have dodged a bullet exactly. on that one. Exactly. Um, w- oh, chainsaws, rope, duct tape. What do, what do you think he had planned? Was he like a closet I, serial good. killer? <laughs> nothing good. We had another guy who showed up uh, four or five years ago, in, um, five or six years ago in, in Fairfield, Connecticut. He wanted to take a 13-year-old girl for a driving lesson in a parking lot. Oh. It turns out that he had a loaded handgun in his car, a v- camera capable of taking videos, again, rope. Uh, and he worked for one of the local cable companies and was on the list to become a police officer in the state of Connecticut. Oh, my goodness. Wow. No longer. So when this happens, when you take down these predators, you work with law enforcement. Mm-hmm. You said, do they press charges immediately? Oh, yeah. And then there's... Yeah. Li- okay. So in, in, in many jurisdictions, uh, and most recently in, in Michigan, where we worked, um, you know, the, the district attorney, the prosecutor is aware of the way we do it. And, and the way we do it is that the guy shows up for the child, for the meeting. Mm-hmm. I get the opportunity to confront him first, to have my interview, to get inside the guy's head, to do all that. Mm-hmm. And then, as always has been the case, once he leaves, law enforcement arrests him and they take over the investigation. Mm-hmm. Now, if he bolts or fights or right. runs, as in every other case, yeah. law enforcement steps in yeah. and I step away. Yeah. But the, the prosecutions are overwhelmingly successful, even in the initial investigations, the To Catch a Predator investigations. Only in one investigation did a DA get cold feet and not follow through oh, with a lot okay. of the prosecutions, yeah. and that was in Texas. Okay. And even then, some of those guys were prosecuted later for other things that they did down the road. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, so let's talk about your YouTube channel for mm-hmm. a moment. Take a seat with Chris Hansen. Have a seat with Chris Hansen. Have yeah. a seat. Okay, I'm sorry. Could go either way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So one of the stories I've been kind of following a little bit is the da- Davi Vanity case. Yes. So that's I would love an excellent for example. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not very familiar with that. So. Well, Davi Vanity had a run as a pretty popular musician. He was the front man of a group called Blood on the Dance Floor, Mm -hmm. and they toured with a bunch of other groups, some of whom became very famous Mm -hmm. and are out touring today. Mm -hmm. But along the way, he has been accused of sexually assaulting multiple women, including multiple underaged Mm -hmm. girls. Mm -hmm. And I've interviewed at least two dozen of them. You've interviewed the on the victims? YouTube channel. Wow. On the okay. And there is an active FBI and police investigation, and he's still out there. It's one of those cases where, because he was such a skilled predator, if you will, mm-hmm. and so focused on finding vulnerable mm-hmm. young women and girls, yeah. that he was able to get away with this for so long. And and some of this happened actually in Europe. Oh, okay. I've interviewed victims from overseas. I think, based upon what I know and the reporting, uh, his his days are numbered in terms of, you know, having mm-hmm. to face the music on, yeah. with criminal charges. Good. So I think that's coming soon. But, yeah, sometimes you need to keep digging away at it. And I learned a lesson a long time ago. I was involved in looking into the Epstein case. Okay. Years before it broke. Probably oh, five wow. or six years okay. before it broke. Okay. And... I was trying to, and I've been working with some lawyers who were involved with some of the the, um, the victims and with some former law enforcement who were hired to look into the case. And there was a lot there. And he had sort of skated on this, Epstein did, because it was 
portrayed by his team. Ah, oh, these are gray area cases. These girls were young, but of an age. They were being paid. They took money to give massages and everything. And it wasn't until later that we figured out how vile and vicious the human trafficking mm-hmm. was. But mm-hmm. I tried to fashion a sting, a la to catch a predator, to nab Epstein and his Did people. Did you? Oh, and wow. I, I couldn't. I couldn't get past the security. I couldn't put it together yeah. in a way that would work. And so I set the story aside, to be very honest. And went on to work on other things. It was the Miami Herald and Julie K. Brown, the reporter for the Miami Herald, who kept chipping away day after day after day, doing stories in the paper, and finally gaining the confidence of victims and survivors to come forward and to speak. And that is the reason... Epstein faced federal charges and was wow. indicted in New York. It oh, was her gosh. reporting. I didn't even know that. And really. so, okay. you know, you talk about the importance of local news mm-hmm. and chipping away at these things. That's what, that's part of what my YouTube channel is for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we launched the Predator thing there too, and that's that's very interesting. And mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of people, if not millions, yeah. will watch it. Yeah. But this is a story where I think we can get justice because mm-hmm. we keep on it and keep talking. To victims and giving victims a voice. And, and my whole mantra for all the reporting we do is that if you can get into the mind of a predator or a criminal and understand a little bit about how it works and hear the voice of a victim, you can prevent other people from becoming victims. And, and that's part of what I see my job as. Yeah. Speaking of Jeffrey Epstein, did he kill himself? <laughs> I have seen nothing that proves otherwise. I mean, I know there are a lot of suspicious circumstances yeah. breeding conspiracy theories. Absolutely. And it is just outrageous that the staff at the Metropolitan Corrections uh, Facility, the federal lockup in Manhattan, allowed this to happen. Right. So, yeah, it's going to raise suspicions. Mm -hmm. But I think at the end of the day, he killed himself. And that's what the medical examiner's report indicates. And uh, he knew that he was facing a lifetime in prison and he wasn't going to get out. This wasn't going to be the sweetheart deal where he yeah. went uh, on the weekends yeah. or during the week and, you know, could have his yeah. lady friends come visit him at his, at his office, at wow. his lawyer's office. I like the controversial kind of um, conspiracy theories and stuff. Of course, they're interesting. They're fascinating. They uh, yeah. That's a lot of people podcast about about conspiracy theories and things like that. There's people here um, on Podcast Row at CrimeCon right. this sure. year. Speaking of CrimeCon, how many years have you been going? This coming? is my second year. So okay. I, the first time I went was last year in Austin. So I'm very excited to be here in Las Vegas okay. and be a part of all yeah. this. Yeah, I great. didn't meet you. I was there too, but I didn't meet you there. So I'm glad. Well, that it was you're... a little spread out or a little less social yeah. last year because yeah. of COVID yeah, still being yeah. around. And even in Texas where the restrictions were not as uh, not as strict, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was kind of hard to get around. But I yes. think this year will be great. I, th- yeah. I see a lot of people oh, milling about goodness. and people yeah. are very excited and upwards of 5,000 people. I was going to say and, like five or 6,000 yeah, people. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here in this year, especially because, you know, we've got so many of the new projects. We're launching True Blue, which is the new crime streaming network that's oh, coming out Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Myself and, and uh, Sean Reck of... Uh, okay. Transition Studio, okay. and uh, he is the fellow who produced and directed the White Boy, White Boy Rick documentary okay, that's been okay. on Netflix. Yes, and okay. It was a story that I broke back in the '80s as a young reporter oh in Detroit. So he had interviewed me for that, and the documentary got a lot of attention. It was very good, uh, the one he put together, and so we got to be, uh, you know, associates and, and friends. And, and so he drafted me to be a part of this new uh, crime streaming network. So I'm I'm thrilled about that. That's yeah. going to launch in 
November, and people can go uh, to watchtrueblue.com okay. to get information on that. But all the new Predator stuff is going to go there. Okay. I'm shooting at least six documentaries. I mean, serious investigative. Um, think of True Detective, yeah. for instance. Oh, I mean, yeah. We're doing a yeah. real-life series okay. down in Louisiana wow. on that that's eye-opening and shocking. You, you're working on it now? I'm, I'm, I'm or is it on done? the road every week. Okay. No, we're, okay. we're, we're crazed getting Jeez. all this done for November. So lots of Chris Hansen content coming up on You're True You're going to be Blue. sick of me once again. Yeah. No, nobody gets sick of you. I, I really don't think so. Um, everybody was very excited that I was doing this interview. Oh, good. So, well, I'm glad yeah. to be a part and of it. I'm but, so you know, excited. it's interesting. I, you know, I wish I could take credit for the whole Predator franchise becoming as iconic as it has been and is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I had a good hand in it. And what I learned from being in the middle of it and kind of being thrust into it, it even though it was my idea, it's still, I didn't know how it was going to go. Right. I didn't know it was going to become all this. But the, the, what I learned was that if you can take people inside of the commission of a crime and you can show them things they wouldn't normally see and let them hear things they wouldn't uh, normally hear and take them along on this journey of discovery, that's important. Mm-hmm. People will react to that. Mm-hmm. That's what viewers want. And that is exactly what we're going to do with an entire network. Wow. At True that's Blue. Exciting. So just as you know, exciting as it has been to be involved with the Predator mm-hmm. franchise, it's even more exciting to take it to the next level with yeah. True Blue. Sean Reich's idea, but I'm yeah. going to make damn sure, well, oh, it, yeah. it works. You know. You've got the I- iconic face and the, the voice well, behind we're, it we're, that people recognize. Got a so lot that, of energy. A lot of yeah. energy. Oh, good. Okay. Um, so your podcast. Let's yes. talk about, so lots of podcasters here. Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. Um, true crime podcasters. Let's talk about your podcast a little bit. So well, we had been wanting to do a podcast for a long time. And when I met uh, my producers, Steve Cohen and Joe Garner, we finally said, let's just do what we know and what people want, which is, you know, we've got f- between four and 500 predators I've caught, mm-hmm. all of which make for very fascinating yeah. examinations. Yep. And, and investigations, go back and look at each one of those cases and then occasionally have live guests, people on to talk about things, whether they were in the investigation as mm-hmm. a decoy, one of my security people, the relative of one of the predators, one of the predators themselves. Have you had? We're working on it. We're working on it. We haven't had one on yet, but we, we, we have, we're very close with a number of them. And so I go back into these cases because so many of them, Kelly, happen so fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the guy like I'm looking at you this far away. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to go through the transcripts. I'm trying to watch his hands. I'm trying to get in his head. I'm mm-hmm. trying to, you know, watch the clock because another guy's coming. And is this guy more oh, wow. of a valuable target than the other guy? You know, you're juggling a lot mm-hmm. and you have to live in that moment and anybody can jump out of the bushes and create 10 seconds of dramatic video yeah. my job is to get inside these guys heads and yeah. so if that goes 10 minutes great if it goes 10 hours great we're going to do it yeah. but now that there has been the passage of time i get to dig into these cases mm-hmm. go through the transcripts yeah. see what they've been up to since then see oh, what they're do doing today too. oh yeah oh, yeah we do the oh, whole time okay. i've got a whole team of sleuths that I help me that. dig around yeah. and all this stuff That's great. and we reach out and try to get them to come on the show but it's it's fascinating and it's it's honestly because i don't write a word for word script right i go in you know if i record on a wednesday i start 
Sunday, Monday, yeah. you know, as yeah. I go for my walk or run, I've yeah. got a, I'm listening to the interview and I immerse myself in it. So when I, I have notes, obviously, and I have things that I want to say and do, and we use sound from the investigations, mm-hmm. but it's really a reliving of that experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's resonated with so many listeners. Do you remember all of them? It comes back Does it? so quickly. It's funny. Some just stick out of my, you know, the, the guys who walk in naked, right? You remember not only their names, but you remember their ages mm-hmm. and you remember their screen names. Mm-hmm. I mean, those things just don't don't leave you. The rabbi, the teacher, you know, the guys who showed up twice, those guys. But every once in a while, <clears throat> and one of the truly rewarding things about the podcast has been that we have a, a email just dedicated to people who want to contact me mm-hmm. about the podcast. It's chris at predatorpodcast.com. So okay. people reach out and I encourage them to leave you know, audio messages because I use one every week oh, on the yeah, show. Yeah. And and but they they'll say, What about this guy? Mm-hmm. Or what about that guy? And it's like, oh my God, I forgot all about it. <laughs> like this coming week it's it's a it's a guy who who just for whatever reason slipped my mind. And he was the first guy that I can remember who I can remember use the excuse, I was just coming here to to help the girl, to keep an eye on her, to, oh, to rescue her, yeah. to save her. And the first guy to say, I've seen the show. This is a guy who, who mm-hmm. surfaced in the um, in the Riverside County investigation. So he the recognized third one your face. Yeah, he watched the show. Mm-hmm. He'd seen the show, and now Weird. he was on the show. So, That's crazy. so it's it's you know, and again, there's an endless supply of material, and I'll start doing some of the new ones, sprinkling them in mm-hmm. too, because we've got a whole nice. uh, a whole bunch that we've already done that haven't mm-hmm. aired yet. I'm curious, okay, how it works with the predators who come in. Do After the fact, do they have to sign, like, a waiver to no, be on don't. TV or anything? No, they, they don't. And, and the reason is because it's a, it's a news show. Okay. And so we don't have to do that in news as opposed to entertainment. Okay. And, you know, it comes down to a reasonable expectation of privacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you solicit a child online, the crime right. has already been committed. When yes. you show up to... Um, go through with that crime, you don't have a reasonable expectation of privacy. Mm -hmm. And even in states where traditionally it's been difficult to do hidden camera investigations because of two-party consent, we put up a sign. Mm -hmm. Premises being recorded. Yeah. I mean, there's there's really no way out of it if you're the predator. Yeah. Wow. I that's I you've helped so many people. I think. I hope so. You, you're bringing, um, you know, shedding a light on the fact that you never well, really know anyone. It's awareness and it's creating a dialogue. Mm-hmm. And people always ask, you know, how do I protect my kids? And think about this. During the pandemic, more kids were online more than ever before. Mm-hmm. If you look at the, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's numbers, mm-hmm. which I trust mm-hmm. implicitly, mm-hmm. the number of inappropriate contacts by adult to children, and the the number of transmissions of inappropriate material skyrocketed. They did, yes. Like 952% Mm -hmm. or some crazy number. And so what it tells me is, number one, there are more social media platforms than ever Mm -hmm. before. I mean, think about this. When we started 18 years ago, we just had chat rooms at AOL and Yahoo. Well, today there's Kick and Badu and... And, and you we probably have a case, know all of them. We have a case, well, I can't keep up with them. I know. You think I could, there's but a new th- there's one a new day. one every yeah. day. And so people always say, "What? You know, how do I protect my kids? And I said, it starts with a conversation. This is a crime where it's very difficult to have demand reduction, mm-hmm. right? It's not like the drug problem where you say, okay, this person's addicted. Let's get them help or her help and not lock them up. Mm-hmm. And so we have demand reduction. Okay. Demand reduction in the field of predators is difficult because we don't have a million different 
physicians treating this. Mm-hmm. It's a dark world of medicine, mm-hmm. a dark part of medicine. Yeah. It, it takes a special person to go into a federal penitentiary and sit with sex offenders for hours at a time and get in their heads. It's mm-hmm. dark, gross. It's very work. dark. Right. Yeah. And especially if you spend all the time getting a medical degree and you can work here in Las Vegas or on Park Avenue as a, as a dermatologist, who's to say that's wrong? There are people doing that work. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of them, but not enough. And so we don't have the treatment in many cases, that we should have for mm-hmm. these people. And we don't know sometimes which guys have to be incarcerated forever mm-hmm. versus which ones can be treated, rehabilitated. versus which ones can be rehabilitated, yeah. treated, and monitored, and, and become a registered sex offender. Mm-hmm. So it's a very challenging thing. So the, the best way to do it is to make your kids aware. Mm-hmm. As soon as they're old enough to be online, you have to have that discussion. And the first discussion is, quite honestly, there are adults out there who try to trick children. Mm-hmm. Children don't like to be tricked. Mm-hmm. And then the discussion transitions into if you don't know that person in real life, yep. you don't know that person online. That's right. And when I was growing up, the lesson was don't talk to strangers. Good advice then, good advice today. But the problem is the guy who's a stranger on Wednesday is so adept at grooming. And I read all these transcripts. Mm-hmm. I watch and, and experience how their mind works. And they break down the traditional walls in society between adults and children, and they're not a stranger anymore. That's so that's what you have to be careful say. of. Yeah, you know? not a stranger anymore. And what does a stranger look like? You know, yeah. it's you You think it's the big bad wolf when, a lot of kids. When my, six, my, yeah. my older sons were in um, with kids, you know, when the, the predator investigation started, they're like, Dad, I think that's a predator. You know, half kidding. Dad, look at that guy. And, yes, there are some people who might as well have the word predator tattooed on their forehead because they're just creepy-looking <laughs> yeah. human beings. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority don't stand out of a crowd. No. They, they work hard to blend yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a moment about some controversial cases. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, I always love to ask people their opinion on the Jean Benoit Ramsey case. Sure. Who do you think killed John you know Binet. that's that's a tough one i i <laughs> i uh i know that the john ramsey is going to be here at yes Con, yes and, so, and, yeah. and i i think my heart goes out to him because yep. it's a very difficult thing to lose a child yeah and he's and, lost two children and he's lost two children and a wife mm-hmm. and and um i know he's friendly with beth holloway mm-hmm. the natalie holloway mm-hmm. case and i know her very well and i covered that case as well so you know i, I look at these things many times more as a parent or as much mm-hmm. as a parent as I do as a journalist. And and I just, when you look at the criminal math, I just don't think he had anything, no. any, anybody in the family. I think it was a stranger mm-hmm. thing. And I can't articulate enough evidence because I haven't right. personally covered the right. case to, to tell you, Kelly, this is how it went yeah. down. But I was out there in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right, in 1995, mm-hmm. I believe it was. And you were covering the story? I covered it in the beginning. Okay. I happened to be interviewing um, John Douglas, the FBI, oh, former yeah, FBI yeah. profiler, yes. um, on a book that he had coming mm-hmm. out for Dateline. And it just so happened that he had been retained by the family yeah, yeah. at that moment. Yes. And I said, look, I'm going to have to ask you about this. And I had a good, I have a good relationship mm-hmm. with John because uh, I covered the FBI. And I said, I'm going to, you know, your answer is your answer. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to embarrass you, but you know, I got to ask, this thing is in the news. And he gives me a very insightful mm-hmm. interview yeah. and some information that nobody else had, which right. broke a lot of news then. But it was basically somebody who, you know, had access to the house, access to the family, obviously. And it it, it was in a community where there was no crime. Right. And you had a police department that had never investigated a murder. The crime scene was trampled oh, upon. Oh, totally. It was and, a and, mess, and yes. just, you know... Uh, 
Yep. The case was followed before it got started. Yeah. Yeah. Every bad thing that could happen in a criminal investigation, any every sloppy thing mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. in that case. And again, you've got the conspiracy theorists who think this or that or say this about the mother or the father and you know, the world of child beauty pageants that played into it heavily. And yeah. some parents just don't think that that's the right thing to do with their children. But right. it doesn't make the parents killers. No, no, it definitely doesn't. My hope is that everyone is very kind to John Ramsey Oh, I this think weekend. they will be. They, and they should be. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, look, uh, there are a couple ways to handle the death of a child, no matter mm-hmm. what happened. And that yeah. one is to retreat and never speak to people. And he's not, he doesn't need the money. He's not here out there no, doing it no. for fame. He's yeah. doing it because I assume it's somewhat... Kind of clear his um, cathartic yeah. for him yeah. to yeah. get it off his chest and to, to show that he's not afraid to go right. out there and talk right. about it. I think it's and, great. And I have a, and again, I don't have the working knowledge of the case in recent years to say right. definitively what happened or what didn't happen. But I do have respect for him for being out there and, and dealing yeah, with it. I do too. And not hiding from yeah, it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him speak this weekend. What are you going to be speaking about at I'm going to talk about the evolution of the predator investigations, okay. the evolution of crime reporting as I see it, and I have um, an exclusive videotape of a police officer who was arrested in our latest sting. Mm, okay. And we'll talk about why these cases are so important to cover because this guy walks in. Now, I don't know he's a cop when he walks in. Mm-hmm. He bolts, gets arrested. I get my chance to interview he him. Just and ran. he's, yeah, he just, he just ran. And it was the first guy in that day. Mm-hmm. So it was, we're in a small village in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And on a Thursday afternoon, here comes this guy. Mm-hmm. And he was so dismissive of me. Oh, okay. And so I'm going to be the authority figure here. You're not going to tell me, you know, take those cameras off me. You can't do this. I said, actually, I can. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you can scroll around, squirm around all you want, but there's cameras everywhere. Yeah. So you're on camera no matter what you do. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, and he said his name was John in the in the transcript. And so I'm badgering him and trying to get to him, and, and um, he's being a tough guy, and he had this lube in his pocket. He was there for oh, a teenage boy. Gross. I said, well, what was this? And I got it right in his face. Yeah. He said, so they take him away, and I said to the crew afterwards, Mark my words, he is either a cop, mm-hmm. a clergyman, a city council person, mm-hmm. or somebody in education because his attitude was that, how dare you power about this, right? The whole power thing. A they lot go of- search his car, yeah. three loaded guns, police wow. identity, badges, and, and, and uh, handcuffs. He was a cop wow. in a small town. Then when that news breaks, because the sheriff held a press conference, it turns out that... Um, he was fired from at least four other police departments and other school districts where he was an administrator, a school superintendent. For these reasons? For, for Well, for, for reasons of nothing yeah. good. Yeah. And we're still digging into it. But I had a town supervisor where he once worked reach out to me mm. and tell me this guy I had to fire because he was for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And he harassed me at my home. He pulled me over, oh, wow. wrote me a bad ticket that's still being contested. Mm-hmm. He's a horrible, bad guy yeah. who's been doing this for years and getting away with it. And so now this one guy who walks into a Chris Hansen sting operation yep. with the Genesee County Sheriff's Department mm-hmm. uh, becomes a whole story of its own because it's it's like a it's like one of those scary movies where you've got yep. a rogue cop who's yeah. doing all this stuff. Yeah, and yeah. and this, this guy's actions have reverberated 
through multiple towns mm -hmm. in mid-Michigan. Wow. And it's a huge story. But that's the sort of thing that True Blue is going to allow us to oh, do. Good. Because we have the freedom and the funding and the, you know, and the energy uh, to go do this stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm so excited about it. That's, that is exciting. I'm excited for that, too. Um, what advice do you have for, you know, there's, well, okay, cancel culture. I want to talk about right. that a little sure. bit. So it, especially in podcasting, you know, oh. we get a lot of hate well, behind the media. I've yeah. had it. I, I, oh, look, I, I have done, you talk about the YouTube channel. We did a story on this guy, uh, Gregory James Jackson, who went by Onision. Mm -hmm. And he was a very popular YouTuber, mm -hmm. hit it big. And again, he was... Uh, accused of multiple counts of sexually harassing and sexually, uh, you know, inappropriately sexually being involved with, with young women. Mm -hmm. And then all kinds of bullying and all kinds of things. And, and so we started to expose him and interviewed all the victims. Mm -hmm. Well, somebody like that who has mastered mm -hmm. YouTube and Twitter and can make sock accounts and yeah. can create misinformation campaigns, they come after you. Yeah. And they can gin up a whole array. And then what happens is some of the other YouTubers can figure out, well, if they go after Chris Hansen, mm -hmm. false or not, mm -hmm. they'll get clicks. And oh, so it becomes a whorish wow. spectacle of money grabbing to get clicks yeah. on, on the Internet. And, yeah. and I, I wasn't aware mm -hmm. what I was getting into with the Onision case. And that became a documentary on, that's out, out on Discovery Plus now, Onision in Real Life, which exposed him and finally showed people what he was doing. And finally got him demonetized and, and you know, somewhat deplatformed at YouTube. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we were able to do with that. Yeah. But still good. people are saying, well, you didn't lock him up. Well, I'm not the police, right? But he did a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Or, or a lot of this stuff was, was supposed to be investigated during um, COVID. Yeah. When the police department said a million other things they had to mm -hmm. deal with. Mm -hmm. So will he skate? Will he be prosecuted? I don't know. Yeah. But I can tell you that people at least know that he's a dangerous predator mm -hmm. who engages in bullying and all yeah. kinds of other horrible yeah. tactics yeah have you ever covered a serial killer case oh yeah uh, many over the years um the smiley face we yeah. actually interviewed him many years ago like oh. in the 90s oh really in okay. oregon yeah before and, uh, people were so obsessed with serial killer stories well i like think they, they were yeah. then i think i think um you know now more than ever yeah. obviously crime reporting yeah. is, is 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 so important and so compelling yeah. for people but um yeah, interviewed him and, um, you know, a couple of the others. You know, mm -hmm. there were there were some in Tampa mm -hmm. when I was down there. Mm -hmm. uh, some in Detroit, not a ton, but at least two or three mm -hmm. at Dateline in the mm -hmm. 20 years I was at NBC. Very cool. Uh, who are you most excited to see at CrimeCon this weekend? Well, I, I, I think everybody, the fans, yeah. really. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, you're talking about people who are very, very loyal mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I answer to them, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, it, it's funny. People talk about different social media platforms. Cameo, for instance. Yes, I know. I have found yeah. no better way of engaging with followers and fans. I mean, I get <laughs> requests for all kinds of things. Yeah. And there is no better way to communicate with people that I found. I mean, obviously, yeah. you, 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 you have all your social media, yeah. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and, and people follow you there. But but the, the personal yes. communication that you get with that. Yeah. And I purposely keep the number low mm -hmm. and do more than, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. 
a lot of people yeah, yeah. because I, I like that connection yeah. with people. Yeah, it's a very personal connection, one-on-one yeah. with people. What's the craziest request you've ever had on Cameo that uh, was entertaining to well, you? Justin Bieber's birthday, I did. Oh, wow. Which is very fun. Is he a fan? Uh, apparently. <laughs> apparently. And uh, I was very flattered by that. Nice. I, there's some very serious ones. Uh, there are some very serious ones. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people, I've got two months to live. Oh, Can you, wow. And, and that boy, you dig deep on something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and you, you just try to, you know, what do you say? What did you say? Well, I, 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 you know, I was very specific with, you know, what I could find out about that person and as, and as motivational and inspiring and as, you know, faith-based as I could possibly be mm-hmm. to give that person a moment of solace in a yeah. very dark situation. Wow. Um, but I've talked to other content creators who do cameo ranging from, you know, musicians to athletes to, you know, insane clown posse. Yes, I saw they, some of they that get, on your YouTube. They get, they get, you know, they get the same requests. Yeah. I mean, people are very, very devoted, and you owe that back to them. Yes. And that's why you go to CrimeCon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Everyone's very excited to see you at well, CrimeCon. I'm excited to see you. When are you speaking? I'm speaking on um, Sunday late morning, like around 11, I believe. Okay, all right. And then I've got some other stuff to do between now and then, but nice. it's a pleasure to be here. It was so nice yeah. to well, have Kelly, you. thank you for yes, having me. Yes, thank you. And again, your YouTube channel is Have, have a, a seat, seat with Chris Hansen, okay. official Chris Hansen on Instagram. Okay. Uh, on Discovery Plus, we've got Onision in real life and uh, unseemly the Peter Nygaard investigation, which is a okay. big documentary that I was yeah. executive producer on. It's, it's, you thought, think Epstein was bad, which he was. Yeah. Take a look at Peter Nygaard. Oh, I'll have to Shocking. catch that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you, Kelly. Uh, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It was so awesome to talk to Chris Hansen, pick his brain about all things true crime today. And you are not going to want to miss him speaking live on Sunday at CrimeCon 2022. I will be releasing some video as well of this interview if you want to check that out. And I will be releasing the full video on my Patreon. So if you aren't a Patreon member, you're going to want to be one. Go to patreon.com slash truecrimeirl. And if you're at CrimeCon 2022, come stop by my booth this weekend. And at 2.30 today, Saturday, I will be doing a show with Lauren from Paradise After Dark on the Expo stage. Until next time, you know what to do. Lock your doors, people. Bye-bye. True Crime IRL is written, produced, and hosted by Kelly Barron's Brink. Please subscribe to True Crime IRL wherever you get your podcasts and consider leaving a five-star review. Go to truecrimeirl.com for more information. Support the show by becoming a Patreon donor. Go to patreon.com slash truecrimeirlpodcast. You can also support the show by leaving a tip in the TCIRL tip jar. Go to truecrimeirl.com and click on the donate button. Or buy merch in the TCIRL merch shop. truecrimeirl.com slash merch. Watch True Crime IRL on YouTube at youtube.com slash kellybrinktv. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at True Crime IRL, all one word. True Crime IRL theme music is produced by the captain at True Crime Garage. 